Hello beautiful survivors, this is Karina and I'm the host and creator of this great podcast, Stroke Surviving the Odds. 24 years ago, I survived a brainstem dissection that led to a locked-in syndrome and a coma and now I made it right back here to you where I belong. I vowed and promised to myself there was no ifs, ands, and buts that once I got back into real life and I left rehab, I vowed that I was going to be there for my family of stroke survivors. 24 years ago, there was no concept of Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, or definitely not podcasts. And now there is. So I'm going to be using this to my full advantage, which will be in turn to your full advantage. My episodes are full of value, full of things that are pertinent to you as a survivor, and it will help you survive this world as a survivor. I talk about anything from efficiency, organization, letting go. Oh my dear Lord, there's so many subjects. Now I think I'm at the season two, so the total about 69 episodes. And you know what? There's so much left to go. And do you know what? There is so much life to live after stroke. I vowed that I was going to make the life of one person, just one person around the world, feel better about their situation. My mission, the role that I put upon myself, is definitely going to be done. Turns out, guys, that we are number seven worldwide in the Stroke Survivor podcast, as well as in 35 countries and obviously in seven continents. So you know what? Mission accomplished. Hats off to all of us, because without you, my listeners, I would not be. Stroke Surviving the Odds would not be in the position and have the success that it has. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Quick, quick, my handle on Facebook is Stroke Surviving the Odds underscore the pod page. And on Instagram, I am at SSTO underscore the podcast. So what do you say we get the show on the road? For those of you who missed out on the last episode of season two, episode 24, I would love to invite you to go right ahead and listen to it and take some notes because it's very, very important that you know the difference. Yes, well, our other episode, rather, we were talking about the seven C's of the actions we can take to be resilient, how we can build it through skill. And a skill is something that is learned and a skill is something that is done. And today, we are also going to do the seven C's, but the seven C's of the mental resilience. You guys ready? You ready for this? (laughs) Okay, let's go. You know, the first one is having a positive mindset. I know that we hear about this all the time. Positive mindset. You got to readjust the way you think and this. Okay. Like. Everything else, I always have something to say, but you guys can let me know what you think. Having a positive mindset is 
not getting up in the morning and getting all jolly, but having a positive mindset is capable of taking the bad and turning it into a good. To me, having a positive mindset is seeing the possibilities that things can actually be better than you think. Again, you're open to possibilities. And I find that as stroke survivors, that many of you out there are resisting having a positive mindset. Why? Is it because you feel guilty that maybe you're still alive and somebody else isn't? If you're alive, my love, if you are here today listening to me and my squeaky voice, it's because you're meant to be here. It's because someone has something to learn from you. By having that positive mindset allows you to see and feel and think that everything you do and like I said, you see, you feel, you think, everything you do has an effect. Everything you do has that ripple effect. I assure you that if you try to be the best you can be, even when things are crappy, and you try, you just push through. As survivors, that's what we do. We push through. I promise that the ripple effect of the family around you, of even the dog, <laughs> your friends, your coworkers, they're all going to see. And they're all going to say, shit, what's going on with Joe Blue? That person changed, but they changed like they're always happy. There's nothing bad in always being happy. There's nothing bad in being happy-go-lucky all the time. I'm always happy-go-lucky. I have my down moments, trust me. But I, I try, I really, 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 what, what does it give? Huh? What does it give to stay in a low vibe? It doesn't give anything. It doesn't benefit you. But when you're in a high vibe, when you're in a positive mindset, you are sending these waves, these energy waves to the people out there. It's funny because yesterday I, I made a story on Facebook and I was saying how, uh, you know when we say uh, what you send out to the universe and the universe is going to prevail and it's going to bring it back to you. I really, really believe that. Many people think that the word universe used in that context is that you send it out to the gods. Okay. Yes, but the universe is what's around you, right? It's, it's, it's the world you are living in. If you send out positive energy to your colleagues or to your potential clients, they're going to feed off. If, think about it. If you're a wife listening to me, if you're a woman listening to me, or a man for that matter, but let's use the woman as an example. If you're a woman and you get up in the morning and you're in a crappy fucking mood, right? You had a bad night's sleep, you're menopausing, and you're having hot sweats all night. I know I'm going through it right now, right? When you wake up in the morning and you're crabby, the rest of the family is crabby. And everything is going to get on your nerves and 
Everybody's going to be walking on eggshells around you. But if you get up in the morning and you had a crappy night, but yet you wake up in the morning, you put your slippers, you go pour yourself a nice cup of coffee, and you say, come on, the kids, we've got to go to school. Come on, chop, chop, let's go. And all right, Rex, you want to go outside? Okay, go fucking piss already, you know? <laughs> My dog just left in her head, you know? But you're doing it with humor, with, with happiness. You're in a higher vibe. And the people around you, your kids and your hubby or your roommate or whoever lives there is going to say, my God, you're pretty chirpy this morning. You might be in a crappy fucking mood. But that beautiful energy you're giving is making everybody else around you in a great mood. What do you think about that? The big majority of my listeners are women. And I find it very important that us girls, we end up sticking together, we share. Because as women, we are naturally nurturers. That's in our nature from the beginning of existence, okay? So it's only normal that we want to give more as women. And as a survivor, sometimes it's impossible. And... I won't say impossible, but I will say very difficult. And I can I can honestly tell you that I know how it plays on you as an individual, as a lady. My daughter was 16 months when I had my stroke. By the time I came back home, she was almost going to be two. And it was very difficult, to say the least. Because I couldn't go and play with her outside. I could sit on the side and she could go play with her dad or with her grandparents. But she couldn't play with me. Uh, Play ball or normal kiddie stuff, right? The first thing that um, really the, the, the biggest, biggest, biggest impact, guys. When I was in the hospital... And I was in my crying phase. (laughs) If you listen to my other episodes, you will understand what I'm talking about. I cried for a few days, a week max, and then I put my big girl panties. But that week of crying, I cried my life. All I was saying was Angie, Angie. And even though I was, I had a tracheostomy, and you could not hear my voice, you could read my mouth, you could read my lips. And all I was saying was Angie. I wasn't saying my husband, I wasn't saying my mom. I was saying Angie. So that's why when I went to rehab a month and a half later, the very first thing that I asked was that the uh, PT teach me how to drag myself safely from wherever I was sitting to the ground so I can play with her on the ground. It's, um, it still gets to me. It still gets to me. It's getting easier with time telling my story. That particular part of my story, but I think that it's always going to stir up some emotions and maybe you're going to hear it in my voice that I get somewhat choked up and my words don't necessarily come out. Why I'm telling you this, guys, is because 
I know how you might be feeling also as a caregiver. We always think that it's us, the survivors, that had the stroke, but I talk about it as if it's a hurricane or a tornado. You, the survivor, are the eye of the tornado. You suffered the biggest impact. But what happens is that it hurts everything around. So if you are a caregiver and you're listening to me, I want you to know that I have the deepest respect for you. Um, on the spot, being a survivor that was fighting for my life, even when I went back home, I was not necessarily the nicest person with my caregiver, with my, with my husband. It's only after the fact, when I kind of grew up, if you will, that I realized that he did a shitload of things for me that probably a man shouldn't have to do for his wife. So I have a lot of respect. Again, I think it's easier for us women to have to deal with some of the things that have to be done to a man, example. For us, it comes naturally. Uh, but I want you to know that I applaud you and I want to hear from you guys. I really, really want to hear from caregivers out there. What's going on? What are you going on physically around? What's going on in your stomach? What's going on in your mind when you're having discussions and when things are, when things are good, when things are bad? I want to know. So I'm going to give you my, my handles again because I really want to hear from you guys. So my Facebook is Stroke Surviving the Odds underscore the pod page. And my Instagram is SSTO underscore the podcast. So I was just watching the live of She's So Mindset. Boss lady Lisa Latimer, she's one of my biggest mentors and she definitely, definitely pumped me up and made me realize what I do when I come and talk to you. I come to you only when I feel it, only when I feel the energy. I don't have any specific days or specific times to come and see you. I want to make sure that when I'm here, I inspire, I empower, and I give you hope. That, that was the whole idea behind this. And Lisa made me realize how energies are important. The energy I convey to you when I come and see you. Some days I'm more low-key. I'm more... I listen more, even though you don't talk to me, I listen and my heart goes out. But on the other hand, I am me, right? I'm a high energy person to begin with. I'm no Anthony Robbins, but I'm a high energy. I like things that move. I like to flow and to move the energy around me and to shift the energies around me. And you know what? That's what I do when I come here with you. And I hope that you realize that you can do that too. And if you're listening to my show, you are doing that. 
you are doing it so bravo to you say that now we're gonna go answer the questions of my fellow listeners i have chrissy matthews from buffalo new york asking how long did it take to get out of survival mode the only time i think of myself as a survivor is when i talk about it i'm past being in survival mode now and i thoroughly enjoy life That is what Chrissy is asking, how I got out of survival mode. You know what? That is a very good question. I don't know. I don't know if we ever get out of survival mode. I honestly can say that I don't really want to because it's the side of me that is so resourceful and uh, independent and strong and resilient but i can tell you that i by learning to let go i have gotten out of that survival feeling i've i've become who now i am right um i always compare that we have a prior self before the stroke and we become somebody else and we keep the essence of who we were but we become somebody else with new affinities new likes complete different things maybe you're the complete opposite of what you were before the stroke and it's okay i've often explained that um in my past in my first marriage um with my family i was in a tug of war where they wanted the old karina to come back and i was fighting to become the new karina and i was constantly stuck between the two so like i said i don't think that the survival mode ever leaves and i don't think i wanted to leave but um i wanted the comfort and i did what i had to get to have that mental ease and I found that the only way that I actually got that mental ill, ease excuse my <laughs> I said mental ill oh my lord the only way I got that mental ease is by letting go by accepting what is and by taking action towards today And I have to agree with Chrissy that I don't really think of myself as a survivor anymore, uh, a stroke survivor anymore, because it's part of me. It's part of who I am. I remember there was a time where I would think, can I do this? Can I kneel down? Can I get on my knees and pick up something from the floor? Um, I, every, every single thing, every banality in my life, I was questioning. So I want you to know that if that's you, you're totally normal. And if not, well, I guess I'm cuckoo also. <laughs> But seriously, there was a time of my life where I was 
really really like worried and wondering am i doing the right thing and now it's just part of me to be careful to watch my position to make sure my feet are grounded on the floor to make sure i don't have a twisting motion in my back uh, when I need to go on my tippy toes, I make sure there's something solid next to me that I can hold on to to stabilize myself. These are things for me. So you see what I mean by survival mode for me? The physical survival mode has always been easier. We adapt. We are humans. This is what we do. We adapt according to circumstances. But the survival mode, the emotional survival mode, was much longer for me. And from what I hear this week, this past week with my clients, it's what a lot of people out there are feeling. So again, if that's how you're feeling, your emotions are completely off whack and you're, you're in a really dark place. I want you to know that you are not alone. Um, it definitely can be healed. It definitely can be reversed, but it takes time. It's not something that we can take a magic pill and boom, be okay the next day. It's, it's not like that. It's a long process. You have to be willing to do the work, to do the inside work. Like I said, the physical stuff is easy because that's what we do. We adapt. I can be there and I'm going to give you tricks on how to live around the house, example, and hacks of how to make things comfortable for you as far as um, on the physical. But emotionally, you need to really reflect. And that survival mode for me took a good, I, I'm not kidding here, and I don't want to discourage anybody, but I had a very heavy baggage before the stroke. Um, those of you who don't know me, who is the first time you're listening to me and you are wondering what kind of baggage I'm talking about, go right ahead. I want you to listen to my episode uh, the story of my resilience. It's, um, if my memory stands correct, is number season two, number 17 or 18. Go right ahead. And I'm not even sure if that's a number, but I know it's season two. So because I have such a heavy, I, I, I had such a heavy baggage behind me, the survival mode, uh, the emotional and psychological survival mode was very long and tedious it took me a good 20 years to heal from that and I worked very hard and and I spent most of my life with different therapies for different things that happened but you know what today I am not in an emotional survival mode Let's be fair, I'll say 80% of me is not on an emotional survival mode and 20% of me is. Again, I don't think that we completely heal and I don't think that it would be healthy to completely heal. I don't know about you, but I don't want to forget my story. I don't want to forget where I come from. I don't want to forget what brought me here to you today. Because if I did not have all these things happening to me when I was younger, 
And if I did not have the stroke, I would not meet you. I would not have this podcast. I might have another podcast, but not this one. And I don't know about you, but I don't want another podcast. This is the one I want. This is the one that means so much to me. My mission, my love. I, I, I think I've told you before. I come from a place of love and a place of service. That is me. I thought that by taking care of other people all my life, that it was actually helping me, right? It was making me feel better. It's what I want. It's what I love. But guess what, guys? That's not how it works. You have to think of yourself first. It's not selfish to think of yourself first. It's selfish to forget about yourself. So Chrissy from Buffalo, New York, who wants to know how long it took me to get out of survival mode, physical survival mode, and emotional survival mode, a good 20 years, on and off, working very hard, But damn, it was worth it. Damn, it was worth it. Usually my episodes have a very distinctive, very happy or very serious. I don't know if it's only me, but today I think I'm pretty neutral. (laughs) I'm pretty neutral because it's something that needed to be addressed. Something for your well-being but something that is so, at the end of the day, happy. So you have been listening to me, Karina, over here at Stroke Surviving the Odds, the number seven podcast worldwide in the category of stroke survivors. And know that I love you very much. My angle on Facebook is Stroke Surviving the Odds underscore the pod page. And on Instagram, I am at SSTO underscore the podcast. Like I said, I love you immensely. It's time for me to go. I have to be at work pretty soon. So I love you very much and I will talk to you soon.